Que lo que mi gente, this is the Tres Golpe Podcast. And I am your girl, Belkis. Eva. Yo, Kaira. Que lo que mi gente, how's everybody doing? I just had Chinese food. I'm mm. full. Are you trying to take a nap so now? So wait, what? Yeah, I actually Cause you love can't. a nap. No, because you can't. Like it's a no. It's a hard no. Because, well, okay. What's, you need coffee? I'm think, I don't drink coffee, so it's a problem. So that's why I have to, I need, I need naps. How is you to recharge. her best friend and you don't know that she doesn't? She does know that because every I time she that. goes to Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> I just get her donuts, she brings me donuts. She yeah. brings everyone coffee, brings me like three donuts. Can't relate. Real but friends. I just need her to be like full energy for this podcast. <laughs> Oye lo que le voy a decir a la do. No me grites, Belkis, no me grites. Mike, I'm sorry, I just seared your, your ears. That really scared me for a second. No, 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 que necesito que se pongan la pila a la do. Ya están alerta. No, la pila. Alerta, pendiente. Camarón, que se duerme, se lo lleva la corriente. Alerta, pendiente. Camarón, que se duerme, se lo lleva la corriente. You guys like playero? What is that? I don't know what this is. Okay, so obviously... You gotta skip a really good part of her life. <laughs> that was, was Playero. Miguel is probably Miguel is gonna listen to this and be like, "That's my girl." It was because my she was born here. My girl to Playero. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> now, I know it's all fun and games, but I want us to get comfortable and open up the floor to talk about the, this pandemic, man, and how messed up it got us. Also, how COVID nineteen is has disproportionately affected people of color. Let me hit you with this one. Stats show that in Boston, if we look at the south south of Boston and East Boston to be specifically, eighteen point six percent of the people tested had been positive for COVID. Compared to the North End, a predominantly white neighborhood in Boston with 5.1%. Let me just hit you with another one and then we can open up the floor, guys. Latinos and black people are three times more likely to have COVID-19 in the United States, mi amor. Because they're out there working. So you, br- right. you bring a great point. Essential workers, first-liners are out here doing the most. Now, I just hit you guys with the facts. However, we are very privileged in this group because none of us have had to go into the office. We have been sitting very pretty in our salas, remotely working. While our moms are going out there. Let me tell you that my mom, when this first thing started in March, could not call out of work. Yeah. Like she had to go in every single day. My sister has asthma. And to me, that was like a huge toll. I like literally had to be like, okay, bring my sister over because we didn't know what it was. Like COVID-19 came in and nobody was expecting that. Like it was just you were sleeping, you woke up and you're like, I'm in a pandemic. Like what was that? 2020, okay. (laughs) Define pandemic for me. Right. Everyone had to Google like pandemic. Pandemic? Spanish flu. What? What? No, no, no. Like, uno se levantó al día siguiente. The next day, you had to figure your life out in a way that it was unexpected. It was like, it was a joke at work. Everybody was like, can we just finish? Um, When are we just going to go home? Because everybody's going home. It was a joke. Yeah. Literally, at my work, at first, no one was taking it seriously till... 
I mean, there's still a people corporation <laughs> said you need to work from home right there. That was like the eye opener. That was like that's when cue. we realized, oh, they don't they're prioritizing health over money. That, this is serious. This is serious. Exactly. That's when you knew. And then it went from a joke to something that is very serious to me sitting down and be like, damn, my parents are <laughs> older. I'm concerned about them. My mom is in DR. That was the first wave. I'm very concerned about it. Mm-hmm. If something happened, I'm so far away. I can take an airplane there to help right. her. When a flight stopped yeah. coming in and out. Yeah, and she has to come into the state and she couldn't because all the borders were closed. Right. Mm. And then you're just in this bubble at your house working from home, but there's so many things out there affecting our people, affecting our community. Disproportionate. Right. Affecting human humanity in general. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a huge eye opener for me working at a hospital during a pandemic um, because immediately I was sent to work from home, you know, obviously due to the high risk of exposure, um, which in itself has been a privilege and has come with a lot of guilt um, because a lot of essential workers like nurses, cleaning staff mm-hmm. or even people that work, you know, like factory jobs, like, for example, my mom, they still had to go um, into work. And a lot of them were even this meant working overtime. You know, yeah, for yeah. some of us, it meant working less because, you know, a lot yeah, of things have things, stopped. Yeah. Right. Um, and unfortunately, it also meant people, you know, being laid off. Yeah. Um, and then for other people, it meant overdrive. Now, nurses, uh, cleaning staff had to work 10 times harder to keep us healthy and keep mm-hmm. us alive. Um, and the rate of and if we even, you know, think to the other degree, the unemployment rate rose it skyrocketed. skyrocketed so it's like at this point it's like we're both on two extremes like mm-hmm. people are overworking people are losing their yeah. jobs it was crazy and okay let me stop you right there because you said it was it right. is i know <laughs> like my cousin works yeah. in a um nursing home so she has to get tested every twice a week and oh she literally this wow. was so hard for me to hear but I was talking to her and I was like how are you doing like I know this is very hard you work in a nursing home and she said to me I lost faith in humanity no because when it was very bad it's still very bad yeah sorry it was still very bad but at the beginning where we had no knowledge when we didn't know know anything she looked she she told me you know I go out and I see people in the streets when we're supposed to be in lockdown and that Mm. this is why this continues to spread people are not respecting the rules people don't care and I'm here working very hard yeah because I have to work because right. I'm an essential worker. And when I see people that don't have to work, that go outside and do whatever they want, it's very hard for me to understand what's wrong with society. Mm-hmm. And it was right. very hard for me too. I, like you said, we're very privileged. I work from home. But I'm thinking about everybody, every Latino that is out there doing this essential work. And I'm thinking all of those that don't have insurance, they can go to a hospital if, they, if something happened to them. All these people that maybe are not informed. Yeah. Right, right. I'm going to... Another thing that, like, doesn't really come to the forefront of this, like, whole pandemic and COVID and how it affected our people is the technology gap. When Jokaira talks about um, our cleaning crew and our maids and people that clean and all this, I I saw it firsthand how doing Zoom calls did not work for our people because there was a gap there that before wasn't even addressed. Now everybody is on technology savvy situations and our people 
have not have the privilege to know those things and it has taken a toll i saw my mom actually this week in a zoom call for my sister's school that now is virtually actually shout out to all those immigrant parents out there doing it trying it for their for their kids right my mom had to go to my house because one she doesn't have a computer and two she didn't know how to get into zoom Right, right. I was going to tell you that. How has this affected our children's? Those that go home hmm. and don't have a, a computer, maybe. Right, don't have don't Wi-Fi. Have ac- don't have access to internet. Yeah. Or their parents who, you know, now they have to rely on to help help them with their schoolwork and they, <laughs> they barely have speak to go English. To work. Oh, they have to go to work exactly. and leave them alone. Yeah. On top of that barrier that we already had, I think now is that technology barrier on top of that, that it's really like... I am very curious to know like how we're going to move forward with this. I know our people are resilient and our and our people will figure it out, but it's actually an add-on. Yeah. Like this this on top of everything else that we have been dealing with, now we have to figure out crush course on how to use a computer. Right. And how to like harness these skills because even to us that we we're born in the technological boom. I think it's difficult because interactions are different. Right, right. I think a few months ago, uh, when we began to realize that COVID-19 was disproportionately impacting communities of color, specifically Spanish speakers, mm-hmm. I remember the first thing I did was hold my institution accountable. During those multiple Zoom meetings we were having, I was asking my supervisors, hey, Uh, When are we going to start releasing the data on the racial and ethnic uh, demographic of people who are really being affected by this? Are we testing them? Um, Why are they being infected Mm -hmm. or killed by this virus? Why? Because the first thing we need to know is who's being affected and why they're being affected. So that what? So that we can help them. Mm -hmm. And to see that a lot of a lot of the time it was dismissed was extremely depressing yeah because we know it's affecting our people the fact that they want to ignore it it's was huge. devastating to yeah. witness and how it's affect and how we can help them like it doesn't much surprise me though to be completely honest like it's one of those things that it happened and it was like i bet it has happened before this is how we have been dismissed in the past it's just now in a different setting where there's a pandemic but we know now which lives are not mattering. Right. Because we're disproportionately being affected the most, and yet no one's talking about that or don't care to do that. Yeah, I remember Belkis. I know I'm going to put you on blast, but <laughs> um, Belkis uh, works uh, for Human Resources, and I remember reaching out to her and saying, Belkis, are there enough interpreters? Are there enough translators? Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. communicating with our people? They're showing up to hospitals asking for help. Are they getting the right information? Because they shouldn't have to rely on uh, Univision to get information. Oh my God. You know, when it's not always <laughs> accurate, they should have, you know, medical professionals provide the information that they need to not get COVID-19. I mean, was yeah. any information accurate? <laughs> by the looks of it here we are i don't know i stopped looking at the news because i, ju- I was just getting confused the mm-hmm. whole time i'm gonna laugh because i don't want to cry no it's serious like i stopped yeah. yeah which in itself is a privilege to stop looking at the news oh yeah right right but also ava um i was really intentional about not looking at the news um 
I was still getting my information because, right, we need to stay yeah, informed, yeah, yeah. but in a healthy way because that it affects our mental health to a point that is beyond me. Yes. Like, we had to make sure that while we were quarantining, we were not losing our minds. Yeah. I mean, what if you talk about it? <laughs> Let's talk about the effects of quarantine. Oh, my God. I can go in, on, and on, and on on this. Loca. I thought I was a healthy mental person. <laughs> Not like a healthy person physical, but mentally, too. No, like, I thought it was okay before, I before mean, this quarantine. Decent, manageable. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, tú no eres una loca. No, tú no puedes manejar la situación. And then we had a whole pandemic, and I'm like... I'm having panic attacks. Mm. I'm having anxiety. Should I take medications? I don't know because mm -hmm. we don't talk about mental health. I'm Say it loud for the people in the back. Dios mío. I was like, ever am I exaggerating? Because fulanito don't care about it. Right. <laughs> There's people out there working without a mask. Am I, am I, like, am I going there crazy? There are people not only not wearing masks, but people that have the nerve to protest it. <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, you can't make And to this say up. that this is just fake. It's not a pandemic. They just it's just like they're just doing this to like brainwash us. I was like, so they were dying. So it sounds like there was so for me, like quarantine, right? When we talk about quarantine, it was a lot of mixed feelings for me. Um personally, personally, my biggest concern was grocery shopping. When I tell you it's only me. My man, and I had my. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> my little sister, because she stayed with us for a little bit, but it was only three people, uh -huh. three people household. Cuando yo le digo ustedes that I spend, and not me, me, me and Miguel spend probably, and this is me underestimating, two hundred dollars every week for three people. I'm Weekly. guys, I and I'm not. You. I'm not shopping at Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm shopping at your normal, like, you know, Market Basket, Publix, if you're in Florida, because I know you guys watch, and, like, so on, like, very cheap. Like, I'm not making these, like, exuberant, like, organic. I mean, we're in a whole quarantine. I'm buying basic things. But I was so, like, it, it the way that I could control the situation was by having groceries in my in my fridge. Toilet paper. <laughs> I'm still mad at you Yo, guys no, the no, no. you handle the toilet paper the, situation. Who? Wait. Like, people in general. Oh, my God. Like, that was... That can be an episode on itself. Like, you know, <laughs> that show how... Mm, I'm not going to say that because that's very mean, but that, sh that shows how much we don't care about the other. You know what oh, we did? Yeah. Oh. We went out there and we mm. bought a bunch of toilet paper. You didn't care. You guys saw the news of that person that bought a bunch that guy? A, a lot of hand sanitizer and uh -huh. then he tried yeah. to return it and people were like, nah. Not return it. He tried to resell it. Resell it, it or something. But there was one that tried so to return madre. it too. A He's huge like, lack of community and capitalism driving the way that we handle this crisis. Correct. Oh, was beyond me. Like, let's, let's, capitalize, let's capitalize on people um, needing hand sanitizer to survive. And let's also capitalize on people needing um, toilet paper to sh to clean their sh We also didn't know how to manage, how to manage the situation. So we're like, oh, let's, yeah. all, let's all buy toilet paper so we can feel a little bit more secure. <laughs> That's not even a... Uh... I know, but there was a whole article on that. Like, there was like the psychological 
political thing around it. It was mm-hmm. because that gave people control. But then, bro, if you have a bunch of toilet paper that other people that probably don't have, like that's same not even a food. side effect. You know what? It's to the <laughs> supermarket and like there was no food because people were overbuying. I understand that there was a problem between the man and supply because the border closed. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. all that, but also like like we understand it. But also, how many times are you <laughs> a day? Like seriously, how many times did people you think went you into panic sh- mode? But it goes back to I the importance. Panic mode too. It goes back to the point, the like mental health. Like because people were panicking, one they would we weren't informed. This hit, and there was no access to information. And two, yeah, people really started to realize how important it is to make sure you are in a stable mental, mental space, space to be able to handle things that come at you without panicking yeah and i think as a society for a very long time we have been putting a band-aid over how we have been feeling mentally because it's not cool to say that you're struggling mentally right so like for a very long time people that had have issues with anxiety with depression and so on have been able to go under the radar right the pandemic brought that up it's like there's no hiding yeah because now you're 24 7 with someone else if you're privileged like us to stay home right and it's a the focus is on you there is and a, on yourself and it's you can't hide from that that's true there is a online therapy company called Talkspace. Mm. they reported a 65 percent increase since like february on people that started yep. to do online therapy which yeah. is good. Which is great. Which is but, amazing. But let's get therapists of color out there. Let's make <laughs> hey. sure we... Uh, hey. Which leads me to a good point. Me and therapy. During this pandemic, I I, I think I talked to you, the two of you. I was like, I'm going to look, I'm going to find therapy because mm-hmm. this is affecting me ways that I can explain. Mm-hmm. I contact my provider and I was like, I need a person of color to be my therapist because I just don't know if I can relate with someone else. So I want a person of color. It could be feminine, it could be male, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But it could be female, it could be male, but person of color. She called me back after a month. Mm. She's like, I've been looking, I couldn't find any. Of course. And then I was like, fine, just give me the numbers of whoever you have. Then I, I called them and I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, there's two therapies that, that I want to talk to. Can I have a call with each one of them to see with who I feel more comfortable? Just a 15 minute check-in. One didn't call me. One of them like didn't ch- call me in the day that we had scheduled for our 15-minute call. Wow. And the other one, I was like, I just can't relate. And so I legit asked, I just told told that person, really, not even one person of color can like serve me. So yeah. you're telling me you're trying to look for help in the pandemic because you have recognized that mentally you're not there. And when you have tried to look for help, you didn't find any. I'm still looking. So if anyone can give you me a reference to, or anything, I'd be awesome. Do you guys want to take it a step further? Because I can recommend someone, Boy, not fuck. someone that can help you now. Oh, God. So I was seeing a therapist before COVID hit because I was seeing one just on a regular basis just to check in on my overall health. Mm-hmm. Um, like a good person. And then... <laughs> like an educated young woman. And then COVID hit. And guess what? Oh, God. No. My therapist had to take care of her two children. <gasps> She, you know, reached out to me. She said, hey, I'm not going to be able to continue to see you for a little bit until, you know, things kind of get back to normal. And I understand that, you know, the effect that this will have on you. Um, Here's like a few, you know, online resources. Make sure that you continue to, 
you know, work on some of the things that we've talked about. Um, but I need to stay home and I need to take care of my two children because they're no longer in school. What I found out during this quarantine is sometimes I didn't know when to stop or when to begin. Yeah. <laughs> like I think of all the goals that I have for 2020 and I think back and I had to revise a lot of them. I felt like I was stagnant for a minute and then I went in overdrive the next week. I have a question. Didn't you feel guilty? Because I feel so guilty. I was like, so I had guilty. six months. I could have done all these things while I was at home. Mm-hmm. But half of the time I was dealing with my mental issue and half mm, of the right. time I was was thinking of my family and friends and other things. Yeah. So there I was, there do was feel a, guilty. There was a huge increase in our responsibilities at work and also at home. Mm. Um, and even as ourselves as individuals, right? That required a lot of work. We had to do a lot of inner work. And oftentimes we're not allowed the space or the time to do those things. And yes. now it's like you mentioned earlier, Belkis, now we're forced to, and it looks really mm-hmm. scary, right? Yeah. And you need a support system, but because of everything that's going on, you can't just hang out with your friends. Yeah. You can't just you definitely can't just hang out with your parents anymore because... <laughs> exactly. Oh, pero se van a poner bravos si nosotros digamos que, you know, they're part of the uh, uh, at-risk population, yeah. pero <laughs> they are. Cuidado. Mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're young. No, no. heart. <laughs> but yeah, it was, we had to spend a lot of time alone and, and that meant really looking internally. But how has this affect your relationship with other people, like your family or friends? Because at the beginning, I had a hard time I think I was in a different mental state than some of my friends. Like mm-hmm. I took quarantine very serious and other friends didn't. And it was very hard to, one, relate to that person, two, be empathetic and understand where that person was, and three, put boundaries for myself and understand where I was. Yeah, so you don't have to throw us under the bus like that. <laughs> Everybody knows that we're your only friends. I'm just kidding. She has a whole other group of friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's talking about But she's friends. definitely talking about us. <laughs> in in regards to our how this has affected our relationships with our family, um, as someone who lives in a multi-generational household, that definitely changes the dynamics between mm. me, la abuelita mia, mommy, and my little sister. So I'm like right in the middle between, you know, all these generations, um, which meant that I was now more responsible for making sure that, you know, I'm now taking care of my sister who's doing school um, at home, um, making sure that I'm not putting my mom at risk, even though I live with her and we use the same kitchen, the same bathroom, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And then still making sure that I'm taking care of my grandma because, you know, me and my mom and along with, you know, my aunts and my cousins take the responsibility of making sure we're checking in with her, um, cleaning for her, mm-hmm. making sure she has everything that she needs, um, especially now because there are, are a lot of things that she can't do because, you know, COVID. How can I show love and how can I support you in a, in a way where I'm not putting you at risk? That was really difficult to navigate through. I mean, for me, I think it was more um, striking that balance between not being overly crazy about the pandemic and being responsible. It took me a long time. At the beginning, I was more all hands on deck. Like I I wouldn't go out. Um, I was just like really staying in my house and not really having contact with anybody. What I found out is that I'm actually an extrovert. Um, and that will, prob- <laughs> that will drive me off the fucking walls. 
I don't think I have fought so much with my man like I did in quarantine. And it wasn't even his fault. He was just being himself and he was being cool. You're I, like, the breathing, it's the breathing for it's me. It's the breathing for me. What are you eating in front of him? What are you, you know, so for me, it was definitely looking back, stepping back, saying, okay, what is what are things that I need and what are things that I can I don't need? And let's do it in a safe way. Um, let's meet in the middle. Um, I can probably see my friends. Let me just wear a mask, um, wash my hands, like take all these responsibilities and all these things and really commit to doing that because I had to really just like make sure that my mental health was first. And me was like, do I have to see my friends? <laughs> the, introvert, the introvert was like, I'm not really trying to uh, see any of y'all. This is kind of working for me. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with FaceTime. I always needed this, actually. This is a nice break. This is a good break for me. I was bitches. off the walls, off the chain. So let us know, guys. How have you been coping with COVID-19, with quarantine, you know from our perspective that we've been struggling. So we want to know if you have any good tips for us because God need knows help. we need them. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And now we're going to go into our segment. Now we're going to go into our segment. Dun, dun, dun. We know that you want to learn more about us. So we're going to play a game. Que es la amiga que? Who is most likely to? Ooh, so dun, we have dun, a couple dun. of questions. We're going to read them aloud. And then we're going to say who is most likely to do that thing. <laughs> Are we so ready? So so we read it and then we just say the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. Do you want to comment on it? Or we just want to say that? I think we should comment a little bit. If All it's very... If we, we need to, yeah. If we need, to if we need to give an explanation, I bet we would. <laughs> if there's an argument, watch it be like consensus. <laughs> okay, got it. So, who is most likely to laugh at the wrong moment? <laughs> I set myself up. <laughs> yeah, you did. So that one we don't have to elaborate. We no. all agree. Not right. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to. Uh, just keep listening to our podcast and you will learn more. Who is most likely to worry about the small things? Eva. Eva. For sure, Eva. Oh. Yo care la machil. I, uh, okay. It's, do I have to do I Bocas have to is agree? thinking about it now. Yeah, yeah she is. You don't like... have to agree, though. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. Uh, okay. Moving on. Who is most likely to do weird things in public? Jokaira. Jokaira. Oh, okay, Jokaira. You always gave me panic attacks in public. <laughs> <laughs> Who is most likely to be a stand-up comedian? Belki. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tie. It's a tie. No, Between I don't know. Funny. I think we're all funny in different ways. No, I feel like if I do any stand-up comedy, I would just be like so raw. Who's and, like, the Belke is a funny. Um, I think Ava is kind of out of pocket funny. Because I'm weird funny. I guess it depends the yeah. type of comedy, right? I'm like the funny one. Like, you, like I say things where I shouldn't say things. And people are like, oh my God, that's so awkward that he's funny. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable, but it's hilarious. Yeah, like I'm so fucking uncomfortable. But I was, I, can you say it again? <laughs> okay, who is most likely to eat a whole Sancocho on their own? I love so Eva. Eva. I love so yeah. Eva. Eva, Eva always wants a sancocho. I'm like, yeah. Belkis, when are you going to make sancocho again? Belkis made do it. one for your birthday. Because <laughs> I was sick. Yes. Who is most likely to be the loudest? 
Belkis. So uh, it's a setup. It's a, I should go, right? Because it's a setup. I feel okay. bullied. <laughs> <laughs> Who's most likely to have plastic surgery? Damn, I don't know this one. Uh, um, I mean, I'll get a BBL. I, I would get a lip. I lipo. mean, I have a lot of things that I want to do, but I don't know if I would do them. I already got plastic surgery, so that's cheating. In a technical way. In, In a, a technical, technical way. way. <laughs> Next. Who is most likely to just break out crying? <laughs> Belkis. Yo, Belkis. It's a setup. And you, gonna... everybody listening knows it's a setup. And now I feel like I need to go. <laughs> Who is most likely to spend all their money on something stupid? Eva. Eva. Yo. Yeah, for sure. Eva or Yokaira? Eva I Yokaira. was going to say Belkis. Me? I buy um, things. I buy stupid things. What What did I buy? What did I buy? Yeah, what? A jump road. No, that's not stupid. Okay, yeah, not that's stupid. $100. No, I wouldn't road. say stupid. I would say excessive. Yeah. Me? Yes. Guys, that's so unfair. <laughs> I'm the less material of the whole group. Okay, first oh. of all. Okay, fine. Oh, oh, oh. Think oh. about it. What do I own? Oh, okay, not expensive stuff, just like excessive, like excessive. We're gonna go Gabby, on. Whatever. We're gonna do next. It's not me, one. people. There's definitely a lot hey, of. A lot at least of, we know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bandwidth and a lot of things we have to um, talk about. But before you leave, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on all streaming services like Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At Tres Golpe Podcast.